0: Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by listennotes.com. So you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau.
1: Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today. We're so blessed that you're joining us. For today is the conclusion of what turned out to be a great three-part interview we've been having with author and speaker Fred Stoker. Now, Fred has spent the better part of his lifetime helping men to overcome pornography, addictions, and he's authored several books on this subject. His latest book is Battle On, Battle Over, and that's what we've been discussing in this interview. And you can find the link to this book in the show notes below. Now, if you missed any, and I mean any, of the preceding episodes, you need to go back and catch up. Fred has delivered, or really over-delivered, on this topic with tips and and things that will help you to overcome this type of temptation or addiction. Men and women, yes, women today are having issues with this too, amen? All right, let's rejoin the conclusion of this interview now with Fred Stoker. How, How does this affect families? I mean, it was one thing, you know, before it was always a man issue, you know, so it's one thing when one parent was involved but now we're saying both are involved that has to affect the children and the family dynamics as well. Right. Yes.
2: I mean, okay. So first of all, there's the spiritual aspect of it, which is okay. So you're sinning looking at porn all the time and that's giving the enemy, um, what would you say, uh, footholds in your life? Um, uh, I remember for myself uh whenever I would try to stand up and you know pray for healing or whatever I needed to do for my family I would just hear Satan mocking me. <laughs> I know what you did last week. You're you're not you have no yeah. faith. You have yeah. no and you know what he was right. I had no faith because of my sin. And so from a spiritual standpoint it really weakens your ability as um to be the what would you say the defender of your home spiritually uh the umbrella the covering over your home i mean that that gets pretty uh shredded yeah. okay so that's one thing then the uh second thing is is that especially for me as a guy i mean i my call as a man is to defend the beauty in my life you know that's what men do uh we not only defend our country like you did uh but we defend our homes and it is It is kind of a hard thing when to defend your home when you don't even feel like a man, because you know when the going gets tough, the tough doesn't get going, in your case. In your case, when the going gets tough, the tough runs and masturbates. And that's an embarrassing thing for a man to understand about himself. And what I wanted to do, Bob, which I talk about in Battle on Battle Over, is I wanted to get to the point where I was fighting my battles like a man. Uh, I wasn't fighting them by running to porn or, or running to masturbation. I wanted to be a man who fought my battles like men do in prayer uh, with my, <laughs> I know it sounds corny, but it's true. I mean, I wanted my uh, chin jutted, I wanted my chest out, and I wanted to fight it like a man. And, man. you know, all of us as men, we we're always looking for an opportunity to um, I guess stand as men we because we have this question in our hearts, which is, um you know, do I fit in the world of men? uh will I come through in the clutch for my family when they need me to? uh in my case, it's like, will I come through with a check so they can eat, or uh will I come through spiritually where when I pray for them, things will be good, and uh, results will be had I mean,
0: yeah.
2: those are the things that men that question never leaves a man's heart and so the only way that you answer that question is by becoming a man and by defending the beauty in your life and by fighting like men do um you know with a mantle of exploration and challenge and conquering i mean and and uh i found for myself and i and i talked to other men it's the same that when i was involved in porn and masturbation i could never rise to that level of truly fighting like men do. I was always chasing my tail and running in circles. So that, that's really the whole point. And so when it comes to women too, Bob, it's the same thing for them. They're weaker in their prayer. and And historically women have, because they're not the ones hooked visually on porn and it was never a big issue for them. They were always the strong standard to help pull things in the family back in the right direction. Well, now they're hooked too. And so, uh, and I'm not saying every mother in every home is, but I'm just saying that when you have both hooked in a home, then neither one of them are fighting like men or women do uh, from a spiritual standpoint. Yeah.
1: Well, what about the churches and things going on in the church? I mean, if this is happening inside the home, it has to be affecting what's happening in the church as well, correct? Yeah, uh,
2: I... (laughs) Okay, so there's a pastor here in the Midwest, and I'm not going to say his name because he, I just, in the book, I changed his name, I changed the city, I changed everything, Uh, but this story is absolutely true. So I walked into this guy's church. He had invited me up to speak, and uh, so I'm like, okay, um, I'll go speak, and this is what happens when I normally walk into a church, Bob. Uh, All the men kind of, they're friendly, but they're, they're kind of holding back because I think they really literally think that I can read their minds and I might just pop out and say, Oh, you were masturbating last night at 7 PM, you know, to a Beyonce music video or something. Right. I mean, and so they're kind of wondering, you know, is this guy a prophet or is he, you know, is he spooky, whatever. And so it's, I've gotten so used to it I don't even notice it. However, I walked into this church and it was just the opposite. So every man walks up to me with great big smiles, shaking my hand, as warm as could be. Literally, Bob, I was blown off my feet. I was like, "What place is this?" Uh every guy seemed to f- seemed to understand his manhood. Uh not everybody had completely won their battle, okay, but these guys were different. And so I asked the pastor um, after it was all over, I spent actually a couple hours with him in his office, and I said, what is with your men? I mean, this is the most manly church I've ever been in. And he said, he said, Fred, it's just shocking. Um, He said, when I first took over this, uh, this church, there were 500 people in it. And he said, I would be, I would ask my men, to step up and lead, maybe teach Sunday school, maybe go on missions trips, whatever it might be. And he said, I could never get the men to step up into leadership. And he said, I just couldn't understand what was going on. He said, I even went and checked their giving records because I know men don't give money to a church they don't believe in. And they were all giving. He said, "I I knew they believed in what I was doing, but they weren't helping and he said i was befuddled he said i went to prayer and it the lord revealed to me that it was the sexual sin uh, that was the problem and what the guys were doing is that they you know when he would make a call for help they would say to themselves well i can be an usher because that's not all that spiritual but they would never go anything higher than that and they would say to themselves you know If I get too close to the pastor, he'll know what's been going on in my private life, and uh, I can't afford to let that happen. Um, I'm not that spiritual because I'm masturbating all the time, so I can't teach Sunday school. I can't go on missions trips, and this was his phrase. They were self-disqualifying themselves from leadership in the church, and what he told me was that as a pastor, he knows that he can only grow his church to the size where he can raise up leaders to help him lead the church. Right. And so this is what he did. It's, it's an amazing thing, I think. And of course it had to do with my book. So it made it twice as good for me, but um, he, he actually got some of his guys together and he said, Hey guys, uh, you know, I just want you to know that I struggle like you guys do. Um, I have to guard my eyes too. And I have to, uh, you know, fight, for my victory too. And they were absolutely stunned because they kind of felt like pastors are above this fray and they you know he even one time lost weight and they said you mean you actually had to cut down in your food to lose weight. They thought that a pastor could pray his way to thinness, I guess. So it was he said it was we were laughing pretty hard at that point. We were it was pretty comical, but he said that once he revealed to them that he struggled too and then he he brought Eight eight guys through every man's battle, just the eight of them met for a while until they went through the book, and guys were getting free. And okay. the guys that were getting free, they wanted to lead their own groups. And so what he did was eventually he had literally 40 groups going of every man's battle at different times during the week. By this time, you know, leaders were stepping up, and I think they had grown to maybe a thousand by then. And um you know, men were stepping up right and left. The amazing thing, Bob, is they are not eight campuses. And he said, Fred, we have not backed off on the purity issue because he said, um, I still, the farther we grow, I need to lift up leaders. And he, he literally said this to me, that you can't become a uh, member of his church without going through every man's battle and going through oh, the wow. purity processes because he doesn't want members that haven't aren't at least engaged in the battle to win yeah. and uh he said ever since then uh he said that growth has been happening and you know then he can take his eyes off of you know things like sexual sin in the sense of preaching on it all the time and he can really push and say okay man we're going to take this city and as a men will then rise up and roar because they're ready because they've gotten their sin under control, and now they're ready to turn their sights on you know advancing the kingdom so when we talk about you ask the question, okay how do we uh, how does this affect the local church? Well, the destiny of the local church um rises and falls based upon the purity of their men, I think yeah. Because Amen. they will dis, they will self disqualify themselves from leadership, and the, then mm-hmm. the the women, like in most churches, take over the leadership, and uh, the church just isn't as strong under those circumstances. What happens is churches become feminized a bit, and then men don't want to go. I mean, they they can't find anything that stirs their heart, and that's what this pastor told me. So Amen. he wants to make sure that his church is set up so that he can stir the hearts of his men and move it forward. So when it comes to purity um i never saw purity as just a fight for keeping my hands clean uh or to keep my eyes and mind clean i always saw purity as a a way to develop my manhood and then to impact the destiny of my family so that my boys and my daughters could have the right insights and then so that i can impact my local church and in the book battle on battle over there's a chapter on you know Your destiny, how purity affects you as an individual, the destiny of your family, how it affects your family, and your destiny as a local church. How, if you would rise up and help fight this battle with the other guys in your church, it will change the destiny of your local church.
1: Yeah, amen. Wow, that's good. Yeah, yeah, as you're saying, I'm I'm relating it to basic training. You know, someone may enlist to be a finance clerk. And the other one is enlisting to be, uh, you know, infantry and airborne ranger and all that. But they have to go through basic training together. You
2: know? Yes.
1: And everybody completes the basics. That, that pastor, the way he set that up and the way you explained it, that just flashed my mind as, you know, want to become a member? Want to join the Army? You got to go to basic training first. <laughs> you know, yeah, you know Bob,
2: awesome. I have never thought of it like that. But that is exactly what he did. Yeah. Um, everybody has to go through that. Uh, so that whatever yeah. their gifts are, they yeah. they can be released in the direction they need to be released. But until you go through basic training, um, you're kind of, you've got shackles on your feet, yeah. right? Exactly. I mean, exactly. And who wants to do lack A lack of
1: confidence. You, yes. You don't have the wisdom, the knowledge, the understanding, you know? Right. The basic no, that, level. And, and that's awesome. That is awesome.
2: Yeah. That's and awesome. Uh, your connection there, that's awesome. Because there are a lot of men listening here that I am sure have been in the military and they related immediately to what you just said. And, uh, I can hear some,
1: I can hear some other people say, well, now, you know, the church should be open to everybody that wants to join. But, you know, okay. I don't want to join the army. Don't enlist. Don't come here because I'm sending you to basic training. (laughs) Right. You you may be more comfortable being a, a, a receptionist at a college, you know, counseling center or something. Right. Don't join the army. <laughs> <You
2: know? laughs> right. And 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 I want to be clear, um yeah. everybody was welcome at his church. Yeah. It's just that to be an actual voting member, member. Yep. you needed to yep. go through basic exactly. training, right? Exactly. And I don't honestly, I don't see anything wrong with that. I mean, oh. I think your doors need to be open for everyone just like you were mentioning, but you know, if you're going to be a voting member and if you're going to be effective, you better go through basic training and learn how to use your gun right i mean it's exactly. it's basic yeah, it's, yeah. It,
1: everybody has to be on the same page yeah you know when, when when the balloon goes up and that's terminology in the military reference civil war when you knew the battle was getting ready to start because the the observers would be lifted up in a balloon so they could see the battlefield
2: interesting um, yes that's,
1: that's, that's where the term came from when the balloon goes up uh yep. you know when the balloon goes up and they start issuing out m16 rifles or whatever you want to know the person left and right, or you know how to use it.
2: (laughs) I I can only imagine. Yes.
1: Anyway, uh, we got to get ready to close, but I want to ask this question. I'm going to ask it in three parts. Okay. Part one, the husband has the problem. Part two, the wife has the problem. Part three, both have the problem. How should they proceed to obtain help?
2: Well, the great thing is, is that um, I speak in the book, I speak primarily from chapters 1 up through like chapter 11 or so. Uh and then and that's all about how we approach this battle as individuals. Okay, how do we strengthen ourselves when it comes to those wounds? How can we strengthen ourselves when it comes to connecting with God instead of taking things in, into our own hands, okay? So I teach that because I went through it and and I know how to teach it, right? so though after that though the next 5 chapters it's all brenda um she's teaching women how to connect with their men sexually uh in the face of all this and and also just um connecting as humans where uh they can strengthen each other through conversation and and through um uniting their destinies together so um i can tell you that if a guy is struggling, Brenda lays that out very clearly. If a woman is struggling, um, the exact same principles would uh, be used, okay? Because one's struggling, the other isn't. And the one that isn't struggling comes alongside, saddles up, and they they fight the battle together. Now, uh, for the for the couple that they're both struggling, uh, then, of course, they need to make that decision. Okay, this we're going to crucify this together. Um, And we're going to use the principles Fred talks about in the early part of the book about um, learning how to have one-on-one worship with the Lord, um, fasting, um, being in daily communion with God through His Word, I know when I use those terms uh for a lot of people a lot of guys it just turns them off but let me tell you something the most important thing I ever learned in this battle for purity was this that I need to be in daily one-on-one worship where I'm in my basement singing to the Lord love songs and connecting with him on a one-on-one basis uh before I was in this battle I didn't even know that existed I didn't I didn't know that people ever worship God on their own. Uh, but I heard a Charles Swindoll podcast, and he, he said that he always sings before he goes into prayer. And uh, so, I started doing it, and it, it literally transformed my life. And uh, so, I tell all of the tricks of the trade on some of these processes that I've learned through the battle that can help people improve their connection with god i mean if you are only going to church and being in small groups and stuff like that that isn't going to be enough to win your battle for purity i mean you're going to have to be connected with the lord and a lot of people will say well how can i connect with the lord if i'm in sin oh he has no problem i mean he loved us enough to send his son when we were all still sinners i mean it's yeah. He has no trouble loving us when we're sinning Uh, what he needs us to do is to commit ourselves to be children of God and to walk like children of God. Just like I said earlier, I need to walk like a man. I also need to walk like a child of God in truth and in action. So I would say that, you know, you asked that three-part question, and I would say the book answers all three
1: very well. Amen. Amen. What if one or the other refuses to acknowledge the problem with pornography And refuses the offer for help. I mean, is there something like you know, alcohol? Alcohol Anonymous has like Al Anon or or whatever for the the spouse. Is there something one spouse or the other can do in a case like that?
2: Well, yes, and as a matter of fact, um, we then send them to a different book. It's called Every Heart Restored, which Brenda and I have written, and uh, you know, we wrote that book to help people in that situation because that's a terrible situation to be in and and they need help and one of the things that uh, well brenda would tell you two things number one uh, women need to really understand male sexuality and how different it is from female sexuality she says that's a real key and i would say the same thing for men you need to understand female sexuality and how different it is that's crucial to getting things working together in the right direction in the long term. But then we also recommend getting into small groups where, you know, a woman would be in a group of others that have been through this before that can help guide her kind of through this process. And um, because it's very painful when your husband is in porn, and just saying, I don't care, I'm going to keep doing it. Um, It's just a horrific place for a wife to be in. And um, so yeah, that's what we would say. And
1: I I've heard, I mean this is just from things I've heard that when a husband is in a situation like that, it makes the wife feel bad because she's not he's he's expecting her to do things he's seen. Yes. That she's not yes. comfortable doing put it like that. Yeah,
2: we actually address that too in uh yeah. Battle on Battle over Bob. I mean, um we you know, we ask, we, we ask the question to guys, we say, okay, what is your wife dreaming of for her marriage? Uh, the one thing we know for sure she's not dreaming of is to grow up, to be a porn star for you. Right. So, and do all the things you've seen. Um, what she wants is true connection, uh, soul to soul. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a men can get, Kind of weird. Uh and, and here's how it happens. Okay. So you get you get into all of these porn sites, you see all these things, and and you need those stronger things. Remember what you said. Um, you need those stronger things to take the dopamine to the higher level. And so then when he's with his wife, he needs to either be fantasizing while he's having sex with her, fantasizing about what he saw on the porn site, or he needs her to do some of those things to even get him to the point where he can respond. Well, that's wrong. That's not how God intended sexuality to be between a husband and a wife. I think we all know that uh, implicitly without even thinking about it. I mean, that's not what God would want, is for me to take the the beautiful woman that he raised as a Christian— Uh, and to make her into a porn star, I mean, come on, that's ridiculous. And
1: and in those videos that you're referencing, the woman's always enjoying every second of it. And when you try and do that with your wife, (laughs) she's like, Stop, and that just kind of kills the mood. (laughs) That's
2: exactly so. Yeah, no, that's exactly so. And I, um, We get tricked as men by these videos into believing that sex is something that it isn't. And um, then we try to inflict that on our wives whose hearts then break instead of, you know, they're certainly not smiling um, when you try to pull that off. And so this is what I would say to men. Look, um, your answer as a man is to get your wife to do what you're seeing on the screen. The actual answer is to get off the screen and to allow your sexuality to come back to original specs yeah. where you can then actually have an orgasm yeah. with your wife. That's what the actual answer is. It's Amen. not to ramp things up yeah. in bed. It's to ramp things back in yeah. bed. That's what, Amen. that's what the actual answer is.
1: Amen. Amen. Oh man, Fred, this has been so good. And I think we got our next interview topic on that book you just mentioned. Oh kid. yes. I would love it. No, yes.
2: <laughs> It's it, Bob of all, of all the books I've I've written, that book I felt the presence of God more than any book I've written, and Praise I think God, it's because God. His love for His daughters in pain
1: yeah.
2: is so immense that He wanted to be right here as I was writing. I know that that can sound corny a, a little bit, but I I can tell you I was there, yeah,
1: and exactly. yeah.
2: uh, He was very much interested in what I was putting on the page.
1: Praise God, Amen, Amen. Well, I knew all this was bad. I, I knew it was out there, just as you, you know. I've had issues in my past as well. Yes. I had no idea it had gone from a problem to a festering wound under the surface. You know, it's becoming gangrenous, basically. You know, especially yes. in churches and stuff. Fred, this has been so interesting, and we're we're definitely out of time. How can someone obtain a copy of your book, Battle on Battle? Is it on Amazon?
2: Right now, um, just for the short term, for the next month, you can only get it at um, www.battleonbattleover.com. Um, so you can go there and and get it. Um, probably in another month, it'll be up on Amazon. We're working on the audio versions and the ebook versions, and once we get those finished, uh, it'll be where all books are bought. Right? So, Amen. Amen. but I mean, if you're if you want the knowledge now. Uh, you can sure get it now. The books are off the press, they're ready to ship. So praise the Lord.
1: Amen. And and the book we discussed last time, Every Man's Battle, that's on Amazon. Correct.
2: Oh yeah, that's everywhere. Yeah. Okay. It's uh, right. yeah. Amen. It's in 30 languages. I'm so pleased. I mean, the Lord has praise been so Lord. kind. Amen. Yeah, he awesome. he he was so kind. And um So you're saying this stuff applies to
1: every man, just not American men.
2: No <laughs> oh, boy, I'll say, I'll say. Yeah, it's, it's shocking to me. I mean, the guys ask the exact same questions and they have the exact same tears wherever I go.
1: And if someone wanted to reach out to you to ask a question, receive more information, or maybe do an interview like this, how can they do that? How can someone get in touch with you?
2: Oh, um, just go to fredstoker.com. Um, I have friends that joke that I have my own website with my name in it. They, they're they kind of jealous. But just fredstoker.com, and you'll have my contact information in there. So,
1: Amen. Amen. And I'll leave links to all this down in the show notes below. Amen. Yes. Folks, this battle is real. Amen. It is destroying the very fabric of our families and our churches. The thing is, as I said at the end of our last interview, nothing the devil does is new. He's still doing the same things today. That he did yesterday. But with these books published by Fred Stoker, and, and you, you can learn to walk in victory. You can learn to, to strengthen the marriage bond before it becomes broken. You can learn how to restore the marriage bond and strengthen it if something has happened to you. Do not allow this opportunity to pass you by. You are listening to this episode right now today for a reason. God had preordained before the foundation of the world for you to be listening to this episode right now at this point in time. Don't shut me down when I'm preaching good. Drop down to the show notes, click the links right there, reach out to Fred Stoker, check out his website, check out the resources he's got there, check out the published books he has authored and co-authored. They're all on the website. Let Fred guide you through self-discovery and Bible study, equipping you with the practical battle plan to live a pure life God's way, even in the midst of a sexually soaked culture. Start taking back your life right now. Taking back your marriage right now. And be sure to order your copy, not only the updated Everman's Battle, but get on that uh, advanced sale list uh, battle on battle over by clicking the links down below. Fred, I do appreciate your time coming on the program today, coming back and, and sharing all about uh, what you're doing to help the body of Christ. Man, I do appreciate
2: it. Oh, I... I can't even thank you enough, Bob. So if you want me on again, just let me know.
1: Amen. Praise God. Folks, that's all the time we have for today. We're friend Stoker, myself, Pastor Bob, Rewinding, you to be blessed in all that you do.
0: Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published.